0: to speak this evening, to share your word that you've given me for the people this evening. I pray, Lord, that hearts will be open to receive, that they will hear something that they perhaps hadn't thought of before. Not that your word is any different, but you may see it through a different set of eyes. Thank you, Lord, for raising those up who are here this evening who were down. Just thank you, Lord, for life, health, and strength that we don't take for granted, that it was because of you that we're here this evening thank you lord thank you lord again for raising our pastor up it's good to see him in the house again pray lord for sister gridine and her help look forward to her being back amongst us soon lord i thank you again for your word in jesus name i pray amen don't see. 2 Corinthians 4, 18a. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Definition C, to perceive by the eye. Sight, something that is seen. Sight, of course, is your ability to see and vision the act or power of sensing with the eye. How often have you misplaced important something important like your car keys or your car registration and sticker, your rent or mortgage payment? You search throughout the house backtracking your every step, looking in places where you know you put the item, only you don't find what you're looking for. You question everybody in the house who you suspect could have taken the items. You're not sure why, but negative thoughts emerge about family members just wanting to frustrate you to get a rise out of you, and you don't disappoint but you still can't locate the items. Not deterred, you continue searching everywhere possible, making efforts to backtrack your steps again. Alas, you find what you were looking for in the same place you looked five times before. The keys didn't miraculously appear. They were hiding in plain sight. You beat up on yourself for having overlooked the item in such an obvious place. You question if there is something wrong with your vision. Overlooking items in plain sight begs the question of what else don't the eyes see? They don't see the internal workings of a person's mind. They don't see a person's feelings. They don't see what's in a person's heart. I thought about David's son, Absalom who had his brother Abnon killed after David did nothing to punish Abnon for having raped their sister Tamar after two years of suppressed rage and hatred toward both David and Abnon Absalom planned a feast for David and his princes but David did not attend hmm. Amnon attended and was murdered by Absalom's servants af- after Absalom got him drunk then, afraid of King David's anger, Absalom fled. As you read on through 2 Samuel 18, you see Absalom's plot to overthrow David. It seems Absalom was still holding on to his anger toward David. One can understand Absalom's rage toward his brother for his incestuous act toward their sister. But the eyes don't see the person's thoughts or feelings. What the eyes see is the aftermath of one's thoughts and feelings. I then took a look at Saul and his relationship with David in 1 Samuel 16, 14. Once a friend, then perceived as an enemy, David became the object of Saul's unfounded suspicions and irrational jealousy. Saul's period of sanity became punctuated by periods of depression and paranoia. The paranoia affected his rational thoughts. Instead of warring against the invading Philistines, his energy was diverted toward the pursuit of David. Saul was a close friend with David until the town's women praised David for not only killing Goliath, but killing tens of thousands compared to Saul's having slain his thousands. This angered Saul, who threw a spear at David in an attempt to kill him. But David escaped Saul's murderous attempts twice. Despite Saul's treatment, David never retaliated. The eyes see Saul's facial expression and his body language, but what the eyes don't see is Saul's brewing anger, depression, resentment, paranoia, pride, and jealousy. They don't see the negative thoughts that precede the feelings that lead to an adverse, well, to adverse behaviors. For example, Saul was minding his own business, this is my interpretation, when he was startled by the songs of praise for David. His probable thought was, these women have some nerve comparing me to this young upstart. Not only do I dislike them, I resent this person who I'm told has God's favor. So what does Saul do with these feelings? He puts a plan in place, a plan in motion, to get rid of David so he, Saul, can feel better. Sort of like saying, out of sight, out of mind. The same holds true for us. Thoughts in general, especially negative ones, lead to uncomfortable feelings, which ultimately set the stage for action. Just think, many Dare I say all, road rage incidents start out with a provocative event, for example, someone cuts you off in traffic, followed by a negative thought, hey, dummy, you almost hit me, followed by expressed feelings of anger, shouting profanity, or pounding on the steering wheel, then speeding up to catch up with the reckless driver to do damage to the driver, for example, jumping up on the driver's hood pounding on the driver's windshield with a baseball bat. The eyes also don't see feelings of depression and or when one is overwhelmed. A prime example is that of Moses who was becoming depressed from having total responsibility of judging all the problems of the people he led out of Egypt. In Exodus 18, 13 through 27, Moses had the unenviable task of judging his people who had disputes and needed to know what God's statutes and laws had to say about their problems. As Moses was becoming weary with such a heavy workload and not having any boundaries to protect himself from burnout, Jethro, his father-in-law, gave him sound advice to solicit others to help carry the load. Moses was to appoint able men who feared God to rule over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens of people who were to judge the people at all times. Hard cases were to continue to be handled by Moses, but smaller matters would be the responsibility of those appointed by Moses. By divvying up the responsibilities, Moses would be able to endure his ongoing assignment, and the people would be satisfied with the responses to their problems. The unexpected advice from Jethro and the much-needed support of others pointed to everyday examples of what the eyes don't see. One example piqued my interest during one of my devotions. There was a story of a couple with two children, a boy age 10 and a girl age 5. The wife regularly took the children to church, but the husband rarely went, spending Sundays fishing and hunting. Early in their marriage, the wife tried to get the husband to go to church with her, but he said, quote, You can look for God in the place we have built. I'll look for God in the places he has built. End quote. Sound pretty good. From his tone of voice, she knew to drop the subject. One Sunday, the husband took his 10-year-old son fishing. They were so focused on the fishing that they didn't see the dark clouds forming in the distance. As soon as the rain started to fall, they raced toward the boat ramp. When they got there, the husband sent the child to the truck while he frantically tried to get the boat on the trailer. Before the child could get into the cab of the truck, a branch fell, pinning the boy to the ground. A doctor was able to save the child's leg, but the parents were told he may never walk again. The father was racked with guilt during the following days. Whenever a storm would come through, the child would wake up screaming, and the father stayed up all night holding him. The wife, feeling overwhelmed and caring for both children, did not know how she would run the household. That was when the quote unquote Christian brigade showed up. Sounds like the Calvary in an old Western movie. But but I digress. Every night someone from the church came with home cooked meals. Every morning someone came to watch the daughter while the mother took care of the son. One Saturday, a man drove up with a mower and told the father to stay inside with the son while he mowed the lawn. After two weeks, the husband approached his wife one Sunday morning looking awkward in his suit and tie. He said, quote, let's go to church, end quote. What the eyes don't see is the stirring in the hearts and minds of a spiritual family that can help us when we are in need. Similar to Moses, who did not reach out, who did not reach out for help when he was faced with the crisis of needing to spend, to respond to the conflicts of a sea of people with no end in sight, Jethro had the foresight to recognize that Moses could use help. No one could see Jethro's thoughts and feelings about Moses's situation, which led to his providing much-needed support to Moses. The above scenarios reflect feelings of anger and rage, that's Absalom, resentment, paranoia, and jealousy, that's Saul, self centeredness, the man who prefers fishing, and depression, Moses. All of these scenarios indicate a focus on the individual's needs, what would work best for them. All seem to indicate negative thoughts and feelings, and yes, Moses is no exception now thoughts and feelings are not all negative like Moses there need not be spoken words asking for help but one paying attention to the Holy Spirit will lead to a positive side of what the eyes don't see the Holy Spirit will bring scriptures to mind to encourage us to comfort each other especially when we are hurting scriptures like Romans 12.10 be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another. Galatians 6.2 Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And Philippians 2.3 Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. We may not be able to see the inner workings of the hearts of believers, but when we're in tune with the Holy Spirit, we're able to see the positive results of what the eyes don't see.